Welcome to the Jeremiah Patterson Show, and thank you for joining me this Thursday. Tonight, I'm going to render you a TJPS special report. This report has been long awaited on the current situation in immigration detention facilities. This report will consist of compiled interviews, news articles, past episodes, and audio clips. Without further ado, here we go. All right, here's a story. Um, when it happened, Dr. Frances Rito, an infectious disease specialist, was working at a hospital in Washington State. Um, then he heard the status on a patient's details, and it was just jarring. This patient was 35 years old, and he had a slight fever and a cough. He told doctors that he had just returned from Wuhan, China. Dr. Frances Rito then said to himself, quote, it's begun, end quote. And that is how the first coronavirus case appeared in the United States. That is how the first coronavirus case was diagnosed here in the United States, up in Washington State, with that 35-year-old man contracting this disease. Now, I have told this story before um, on this podcast, in part because it's so fascinating. But it is also a good point and a, a good start point for today's episode. As the coronavirus pandemic became more prevalent here in the United States and around the world, schools, churches, bars, restaurants, and other places began to close. This was because we learned that COVID-19 was a highly contagious communicable disease. Therefore, in order to prevent more outbreaks and more transmission of the virus, closing down things would probably be the best thing to do. However, as some people were heading home and had the luxury of taking baths, showers, staying hydrated, eating food every day, occupying themselves with their technological devices, having the ability to go into your own room, use the bathroom, socially distance, change clothes, that was not the case in many other places. On April 2nd, the New York Times broke this news, quote, no mask, disinfectant of disinfectants or soap. This is a detention amid a pandemic, end quote. The subheadline reads, quote, asylum seekers must be released before it's too late, end quote. So this article, this, this indicates that what she witnessed at this facility was just absolutely terrible, right? I mean, why else would she be calling for them to be released right now? Absolutely right now. And it's critical before it's too late. What was going on inside that facility? In this article, the New York Times describes asylum seekers um, held at the South Texas Family Residential Center in Dilly, Texas, um, uh, and in other centers across the nation, are, quote, afraid of being deported, end quote. And then she goes on to say, many are also afraid of, quote, being infected with the coronavirus and dying alone in jail, end quote. Many of the migrants have went on hunger strikes, demanding access to soap and toilet paper. The translator who interviewed immigrants in these facilities writes in this New York Times article, quote, in 2015, some 250 children were given adult doses of the hepatitis A vaccine. More recently, I watched a two-year-old boy with a fever fall asleep on a chair while I interviewed his mother. Others have told me that the wait to see a doctor is so long, it often means missing meals. When they do get to see a doctor, they're given ibuprofen and vaporub ice detention centers simply don't have the capacity to handle a coronavirus pandemic end quote in mid-april i began covering the situation in immigration detention facilities specifically about what was going on especially amid the coronavirus pandemic here's my first coverage on the situation 
immigrants in ICE facilities have started protesting, including making videos to highlight unsafe conditions. Last Tuesday, ICE reported its first confirmed case of the coronavirus in a 31-year-old migrant held in New Jersey, confirming its confirming immigrant advocates' worse fears. On Monday, a federal judge in Washington, D.C. expanded G's order to apply the parents of migrant children too. But for many, these orders are just the beginning as protesters in states like Minnesota, Maryland, New Jersey are calling for ICE to release everyone held within their facilities, end quote. Once again, that is from Mike.com's reporting on the Trump administration still holding migrant children during this time, during the coronavirus. According to ProPublica, at least 19 children at a Chicago shelter for immigrant detainees have tested positive for COVID-19. This article is written on April 13th at 4.29 p.m. CDT. Here we go. A coronavirus outbreak at a Heartland at Alliance facility on Chicago's south side may be the largest outbreak of the, of the virus in any shelter for immigrant youth in the country. At least 19 children and two staff have tested positive. So that was reporting from back in April. Um, once again, the New York Times also reported on the current situation in immigration detention facilities as well. In May, we learned of more coronavirus outbreaks in these facilities than on June 10th, 2020. This news broke. We've got breaking news amid new fears of coronavirus outbreaks, especially among the country's most vulnerable populations. This morning, NBC News has learned exclusively about a dire situation inside one Arizona ICE detention center. Migrants calling it a life or death situation. NBC News correspondent Jacob Sobroff is back from paternity leave. He joins us now to break that story. Jacob, welcome back. What's going on? Hey, Steph, thank you very much. You know, the Trump administration has been harshly criticized for its immigration policies throughout the duration, obviously, of the Trump administration, but particularly uh, during the coronavirus and using the coronavirus as a cover uh, to implement some of the harshest policies of the administration. And now in Arizona, in the La Palma Correctional Facility, migrants in a letter exclusively obtained by NBC News are literally begging for their lives, saying they are being used to clean infected areas of the facility, uh, including one migrant who said he was asked to clean feces of another inmate without masks or gloves. There is virtually no uh, adequate personal protective equipment. According to them, only a couple disposable masks they've been given in April and a couple cloth masks they've been given in May. And now they're saying they've been given rotten food, ham, and they put that ham uh, and food into a container, sent it off to lawyers, which we've now gotten pictures of as well, uh, and said that that's all basically that they've got to eat. You're looking at it right there. Um, it is a horrific horrid situation according to these migrants inside this facility uh, and so far ISIS said they just do not uh, comment on pending litigation and the ACLU the Florence Project and others uh, have sued regarding the conditions in this center that was reporting by Jacob Sobroff and Julia Ainsley at NBC News and the reporter who introduced Jacob Sobroff on MSNBC was reporter Stephanie Rule on MSNBC uh, once again that news broke um, after that news, 13 days after that news, NBC published that article. I remember reading um, that letter while recording on the show and just being enraged and horrified and disgusted by the descriptions of the situation inside this facility. Then on June 25th, I reported on this story that was broke by Mike.com. 
In the state of Texas, they are illegally holding nearly 150 people in border town detention center, according to the ACLU lawsuit that was filed earlier this week. Ostensibly, the ACLU filed this lawsuit because these individuals were never charged with a crime. Therefore, they are being held without any indication of when they'll be released. Both of those remain, both of those reasons and the rationale behind those reasons violate federal statutes and therefore violate the constitutional law as well. It was absolutely unbelievable that the Trump administration was still doing that. Um, the Trump administration essentially had to explain themselves and had to sort of, I guess, on their part, justify why they still were doing that. Uh, but yes, nearly 150 150 migrants were being held in a detention facility in Texas illegally. So that was a current situation on that day. I mean, it was just absolutely astonishing. Then on June 26, New York Times broke this story, quote, a federal judge ordered the release of migrant children held in U.S. family detention facilities, citing the severity of the coronavirus pandemic, end quote. And then as more news broke on this situation, I wanted to contact someone who could talk about this. Someone who worked in this area and could provide context, not only for me, but for you as listeners. So I called a few immigration law firms, and ultimately, I did find one. My interview was set, it was ready, and it was with immigration attorney Adrian Pandev. Um, we, we are getting various reports from various news organizations of sort of uh, just inhumane things that are transpiring in these detention facilities. For instance, I've reported on this show previously about uh, what's been taking place in, in, in a migrant detention facility. I believe it's located, yes, in Arizona, where these migrants were essentially fed expired food and they had to clean up for themselves uh, because of the inhumane policies that were transpiring. What do you make of this news? And do you think we can work to improve the current immigration system? Oh, the last part's really loaded. But I mean, what do I make of the news? I think I think it's tragic, right? I mean, we shouldn't be, you know, although these people are detained, we should still, you know, make sure they get food and et cetera, et cetera. And also, there's a couple things to note about this whole thing um, that is really misconstrued. So first of all, this isn't criminal, you know, detention, jail, right? This is civil detention because immigration laws. You know, it's, it's, they're civil laws. They're not criminal, right? Mm -hmm. So what you got to ask yourself here a little bit, right, as an average, you know, American citizen is, what do you think about the notion that someone who, who you know, isn't, like, it's one thing to be arrested for a crime, then convicted, right, and all the constitutional rights that, you know, apply to you, take effect in the criminal context, and then you go to jail if that is the sentence you receive from the judge right it's another thing here where you can get arrested for example in south carolina for just you know driving without a license for being you know for being undocumented right mm -hmm. and then you get thrown in this place called the detention center right you you're wearing a orange jumpsuit it very much feels like you know criminal prison right? uh -huh. um but it's civil detention so start from there and then then comes the next very interesting question of and this is true in the criminal context, too, but especially in the immigration context, a lot of these descent, detention centers are privately owned facilities. They're for-profit. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the owners of them are for-profit companies. And you can look this up. Some of them aren't even American. Mm -hmm. so some of these companies are headquartered in the United Kingdom, et cetera, et cetera. So our taxpayer money pays to keep someone 
in quote unquote civil detention, which is very similar to jail, right? For driving without a driver's license. And then we have to pay for all their meals, housing, all of that, right? And then from all that money, right? They feed them the food you were describing, right? The expired mm-hmm. food. So how much money do you think that company's making? That was part of my interview. That was part of my first interview with immigration attorney Adrian Pandev on the current situation in the immigration system and also being in these facilities amid a pandemic. The, the, the thing, the what immigration attorney Adrian Pandev was describing so, so vividly and so, so almost just making you thinking twice as, as, a, as a taxpayer and just being horrified by what you could potentially be visualizing in your mind is that what's going on inside these private detention, privately owned detention facilities, privately owned immigration detention facilities, what's actually taking place inside those places? Most of these places are owned and they are not controlled by the federal government. Therefore, reprehensible things happen. Inhumane conditions transpire, like having expired food when the box said consume within four hours. And they're still eating them after days. The coronavirus pandemic, the coronavirus itself is a highly contagious communicable disease. But it's not just the fear of contracting the coronavirus, but it's also abuse and neglect. And it's exactly relevant to what immigration attorney Adrian Pandev was talking about. And so as the coronavirus broke out and the first person in Washington state was diagnosed with the coronavirus and the doctor said to himself, it's begun. As the coronavirus broke up and almost everyone is heading home and had the luxury of doing other things, the worst place to be, literally the worst place you could be in an outbreak as such as like the pandemic is in nursing homes, immigration detention facilities, and prisons absolutely the worst. Throughout this entire pandemic, we have seen outbreaks all over the country in these exact places. The situation is not getting any better. We're continuing to see outbreaks. I mean, just yesterday, we saw two, at least two outbreaks at immigration detention facilities. The situation is just unbelievable, but it's happening right now here in the United States, 2020 privately owned detention facilities, and detention facilities owned by the federal government. Inhumane conditions are transpiring. It's not getting lots of national attention, but it needs to because it's still happening. And I've tried to keep up with this story over the course of these months since I started covering it back in April. But the the story is just, it's just so much. That's why I had to make this a special report on the Jeremiah Patterson show, because if I were to continue to cover it and cover it and cover it, that would probably take up almost half of my show every time I came on the podcast, because there's so much to cover, so much that's going on, so much research. But this is a TJPS special report on the current situation in immigration detention facilities amid a pandemic, which appears to have exacerbated the situation tremendously. Cases rising all over the countries, not just in individual states and nursing homes and prisons and schools, but also in these immigration detention facilities. Do not forget about that. We have much more ahead tonight. This situation and this, the news on this situation has been underreported. It has not really been getting lots of national attention, even now. But we are going to cover it all. 
and that's next. Welcome back. For those of you who have been listening to this podcast throughout the summer, um, you know Adolfo Flores. He is BuzzFeed News. He is BuzzFeed News's national security correspondent for immigration. And Adolfo Flores has come on the show at least two times, I believe. And he has come on the show to share some, to sort of illuminate what's going on in these immigration detention facilities and also what's going on with the current immigration system. Adolfo Flores came on this show for the first time in July. And I spoke to him about various news stories about what's going on in immigration detention facilities and many other things. Here's my first interview with Adolfo Flores. All right, welcome back. I want to report on this news, this piece from BuzzFeed News. Uh, this piece came out from BuzzFeed News today, yesterday. Uh, the, the headline of the piece reads, quote, The Trump administration told a judge ICE should not release parents and children who've been detained together. According to further reporting in the piece, it reads, quote, As of Thursday, there were 319 immigrants, at least of at least 157 of which were children in custody at three family detention centers at the Carnes Co- County Residential Center in Carnes City, Texas. There are 24 current cases of COVID-19 among immigrant families detained there. There have been 35 total cases at the facility, end quote. Now, uh, according, further in the piece, it does report that previously an independent monitor tasked with tracking how children excuse me, with tracking children, how children in these family detention centers are treated as part of the court agreement, said the risk of the immigrant minors and families contracting coronavirus inside one of the facilities continue to grow because of some staffers who fail to wear their mask or observe social distancing requirements. Uh, One person, here's one person, uh, my final, final reporting on this piece. Quote, I'm hoping it doesn't take another dead child for the courts to take this seriously because we've had enough children die, end quote. Uh, once again, this excellent reporting from BuzzFeed News on the chaotic situation in migrant detention facilities. Uh, joining me now is Adolfo Flores. He is a reporter from BuzzFeed News and also one of the contributing reporters on this piece. Mr. Flores, thank you for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me. My first question is, um, why do you think the Trump administration told this federal judge that ICE should not release parents and children who've been detained together, essentially setting up um, a case for family separation. Yeah, so, so the, the attorneys for the government, their arg- argument is that if conditions inside these facilities are bad, and they're not, they're not even agreeing to that, uh, but if they are, if the, if the judge finds that that is the case, that the solution to that is not to release everyone together, but to require the government to do a better job of uh, containing the virus, whether, you know, whatever that is, like social distancing, um, you know, and other additional safety measures. Um, And so, I mean, but but historically, in the last few years, the Trump administration has been very opposed to, uh, you know, releasing uh, families together. You know, they would call it a catch and release. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they thought, they thought that it was, you know, they would detain a family, detain them for a little bit, and then release them. And for them, you know, they, they thought that was an incentive uh, to other Im- potential immigrants uh, in other parts of the world when they did that. So, you know, the, the arguments in court are just, are not, don't go into that, but it is something to, to keep in mind. Um, as cases are continuing to rise exponentially in these migrant detention facilities, is there anything really being done to improve this ongoing crisis? The 
I mean, the, the government says that they that they are trying. Uh, the the but you know the, the independent monitor uh, who went in there found that they aren't uh, adhering to social distancing requirements, and that some staffers aren't wearing masks. And, and these staffers, uh, like you know, whether it's guards from the private prison company that that operate it or ICE, they go out into into the you know outside of the facility and come back and. And so that that's a concern. Um, so, according to the Independent Monitor, they're not doing enough. Quote: They're not doing enough. End quote. Uh, once again, that's part of my interview with Adolfo Flores, national security correspondent for immigration at BuzzFeed News, speaking about the situation in ICE detention facilities and also um, what's currently going on right now. And with that said, we'll be right back. Hey Google. More than 100 billion words are translated every day. Thank you very much for your help. Words about food. Words about friendship. About sport. About belief. About fear. Words that can hurt and sometimes divide. But every day, the most translated words in the world are, how are you? Thank you. And I love you. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed part one of our TJPS special report on the coronavirus and immigration detention facilities and also the current situation right now. That is part one. Um, now, this is going to be a four-part series, um, so we're going to break this down. Uh, the rest is going to be on our YouTube channel. Since I promised to publish part, since I promised to publish this episode on the podcast, um, part one is right now. This is part one. This is on our podcast and on our YouTube channel. But to get the full series, keep an eye on our YouTube channel into this later into this week and into this weekend as we publish parts two three and four but keep an eye on that with that said thank you for listening to this episode of the jeremiah patterson show i really appreciate it and i will see you this weekend thank you